I have a hair tie in my pocket. Don't ask me why. Do you like that hero point? Is that a good hero point? Well, give it back! Cuckleberry Finn. Welcome back to Tuesday Gaming. We are Swiss Army Scorpion. How's everybody doing today? Hi. All right. So last week, let's just jump right into it. Uh, last week, uh, you guys were signing up new pirates for your new fleet when suddenly the first mate to Aranax and Demian approached Captain Devoth and said, why don't you come meet me in my clubhouse? And uh, off Devoth and Leon went. So I guess we'll just pick it up right there. Okay, so you guys are escorted to Aranax and Demian's ship, the Tyrannus. You're brought aboard uh, up the gangplank, and there are some guards stationed outside the ship, and they let you pass. You're brought into Aranax's uh, private quarters. So he's waiting for you guys. He's, like, standing next to a window. He's, like, looking out at it, looking out the window with his arms behind his back, like... He's like being all broody and without turning around, he says, I know you and your ally, Lady Fairwind, have been rooting about for chelish conspirators. And he turns around and you get a good look at his face. He's like his his face is like all like hard and scarred, but it's like pretty distinguished looking. And he says, you've doubtless heard the rumors that I am one of those conspirators as a result. I assure you that nothing could be further from the truth. And he approaches you with a handout for you to shake. I'll shake his hand. Pirate Lord uh, courtesy and all that. I'd also offer my hand, my hand to shake if he was looking for it. When he finishes shaking Devoth's hand, he spins around again, like all dramatically. And he says, my hatred of Chelyx and her devil-besotted fools plums deeper than any well of loathing in the shackles. But still the rumors persist. And he turns back around. He says, in fact, they've been spreading of late in my own home port of Hell Harbor. I wish these rumors squashed, but to do so I need your aid, Captain Devoth. I cannot directly move against the source of this latest campaign of falsehoods against me, but if you do this for me, if you teach these slanderers a lesson, and he like raises his he like raises a shaky fist up to punctuate slanders, I'll reward you with a squadron of my finest warships. See, I also have heard the rumors that you are building a fleet against this Captain Harrigan. And if I can rub your back, perhaps you can rub mine. Well, And he pauses, right. waiting for your answer. Yeah. I'd like to sense motive. Yeah, I'm also going to oh. sense motive. Let's see here. I am going ha. to re-roll my one a day. I'll take that 35. And I got a 26. Yowza. Uh, so you're both uh, you're both sensing that his story and his motives are good. Hmm. You're not detecting any falsehoods. Well, first things first. Um, if you didn't want people to associate you with Cheliax, you might want to tone down the love letter of a city that you've got going on there. Um, but other than that, I I know where you're coming from. Sometimes uh, it's hard to escape the ties of your past. His chest swells with pride, and he says, I brought with me to the shackles a bountiful city of culture. 
I would not deny the people of my beloved nation such gifts of theater and architecture just because they come from a nation that I loathe. Well, be that as it may, what did you have in mind? Who's, uh, who do you think is slandering you? It is a troop of performers who recently moved into my city. They perform plays every night, all designed to spread slanderous lies about me. By the time I realized what they were doing, it was too late. They'd become far too popular, and if I were to squash them, well, it would just martyr their cause. So what do you want me to do? Challenge them to a dance-off? I want you to infiltrate that theater and kill them. You will do so without any knowledge of my involvement. It is a portside tavern that they repurposed into their theater. The Theater of Corruption, they named it. What you, you can see in his face when he na- when he uh, says the name of it that he rather admires the name, but is like all the more disgusted by them because uh, his taste and their taste coincide. I wish these performers gone from my city. And any evidence that you can find of the slanders that they're spreading against me would be well appreciated, brought back to me. I'm getting some deja vu here. But, uh, yeah, I think we can work with that. You never make it easy. You can't just go in and burn the place down. You gotta make me go and fetch something. I will leave the exact methods up to you, Pirate Lord Devoth. But... That's not if, a no. If, if the <laughs> evidence can be recovered, that would be the best case scenario. Alright. Well, we shall see what we can do. I suppose I should get out of your hair before any rumors of us <laughs> working together start spreading. His his eyes go wide and he like whirls around, he like he like swishes shut the curtains on the window and he says, My god, you're right. Yes, get off my ship with post haste. Oh, uh and he uh he gives you the address for the uh for the theater of corruption. And he says, uh whatever you do, be sure to time your investigation of the site for late night or early morning. Their first performance of the day is just before noon. I will, I will not have the lo- my locals harmed in the pursuit of revealing the truth. Aye, fair enough. Oh, actually, while I'm here, quick question. Do you think these, uh, these performers have anything to do with that, uh, that cult of Dagon that you got hiding out in your city? He holds up another shaky fist and he's like, <laughs> oh, the cult of Dagon. Another smear in my, in the in the face of my good name. They've haunted my shores for many a year, but alas, I think it is a completely separate entity. Any information you have on the cult of Dagon would be much appreciated, for I I I need not deal with these demon worshippers in my own city. Well, on that we can agree. But uh, all right, in that case, uh, I shall take my leave. Until next time, Aranax. He gives you a, a small bow. He says, may, may, the winds, may the winds ease your travel, Pirate Lord Devoth. They always do. And I turn and walk out. Meanwhile, at the tavern, Cheryl, enjoying a nice beer, hanging out, chatting up the locals. Oh, uh, yeah, that Aranax guy, I don't know. <laughs> I think he's a challenge spy. <laughs> you ever get that feeling? He's the guy's totally like, a chalice spy. <laughs> guy you're talking to is like, totally. Did you know they call that place Little Chelyx? I mean, come on. 
Oh, come on. It's like, come on. Hey, another beer over here for Cheryl. (laughs) (laughs) The guy's like, I'll make it too. (laughs) So that's great. All right. So anything besides, uh, you know, standard procedure going on at the sign-up table? Uh, I guess I'm just head man in the table. All right. So we can just fast forward to uh, the next morning. And you guys have a plethora of new recruits crowding your ship. I believe the plan was to bring those recruits back to Sharksbane Island, or are you going right to Hell Harbor from here? Uh, we can bring them back to Sharksbane Island and, you know, leave them under the care of Aaron Ivy to, to get them, you know, ship shape and all that. You load up the, the new crews and, like, kind of distribute them evenly between the two ships. This is this would be your your chance to like see, you know, who's got their sea legs, who who knows their way around a ship, who can follow orders, uh, who can who's who looks like they'd be a good leader. You kind of take your the the two days that it'll take you to get back to Sharksbane Island to kind of you know as, assess your new uh, your new cruise. Yeah, two days go by and you uh, you get back to Sharksbane Island. Uh, does anybody have anything they wanted to do during that time? Actually, Scram does. Okay. Scram prepares a a um, dimension door just so that way um he can like go back and forth every now and again. Uh, I knock on the captain's uh cabin door. Oh, I hope you have an extra dimension door prepared just in case. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> From the other side of here, enter. Scram enters, obviously like head a little bit lower than normal, just kind of easing into this. Uh, hey Devoth. Uh, can I, uh, can I talk to you? You gonna release another giant shark on me? I, I think I owe you a little bit more than, uh, than what you got last time. I want you to see something. Uh, are you familiar with, uh, Mindlink? Yeah, it rings a bell. I think, uh, yeah, Captain Cork did something like that on me a while back. Why? Because I, I think I owe you at least... Seeing this terrifying, beautiful thing, it, it was so big, Devoth. It, I almost sacrificed all of us, and I think I've done that for most of my life, and I I think I owe you to show you exactly what what was missed here. It's at the very least what I can do. All right, fine. Let me see what the hell you've got going on, then. You better have a damn good justification for this. You're going back overboard. Uh, I hope I do. I, uh, I cast a spell. Okay. Devoth, do you accept? Or do you, do do you need to make a saving throw? (laughs) No, I'll, I'll accept against my better judgment. Okay. So you accept Scram's mind link and the captain's cabin vanishes from your view. And the wind is chilly on a cold shackles night. You see Scram standing on the main deck, bag of holding in hand, looking out at the dark sea. He looks down at the bag of holding and reaches a shaking hand inside. Scram! A much younger Scram whirls around in surprise. We're suddenly inside a ship, below decks. You see Chase, his brother, at the top of a narrow flight of stairs, looking terrified, though with normal human eyes and no gills. Scram looks to be about 12 years old. Chase takes a tentative step down. What are you doing? Scram beckons his brother forward. I I heard something. Are you crazy? This is a pirate ship. They'll cut your fingers off just for touching it. Come on. I think it was over here. 
Scram moves deeper into the hold, around pallets of crates and burlap sacks. As he disappears from sight, Chase moves as if to leave his brother behind. He stops, takes one more desperate look back up the stairs, and runs down to the hold after his brother. Chase rounds a corner of spare lumber piled up to the hold ceiling, and we find Scram standing in front of a sturdy metal cage sized for a common bird. Scram had already unlocked and opened it, and resting in his hand is a tiny orange and blue dragon the size of a house cat with big, beautiful butterfly wings. Scram is only vaguely aware of Chase's presence as he holds the dragon up to eye level. He, he was their prisoner. The scene flashes back to older Scram, in the same pose, but holding the lockbox containing Gargalavo's egg, and it's unclear which Scram had just, had just spoken. Maybe it was both. Scram releases the box over the ship, and as it plummets toward the sea, the scene flashes back, and the dragon dives toward the water from the younger Scram's outstretched arm through the porthole. It extends its wings and swoops upward, soaring out over the waters of Hell Harbor. Thieves! Scram whirls around and sees a furious hobgoblin, who's already grabbed Chase by the arm. He grabs Scram with a fistful of hair and drags the two up to the main deck, where the crew has gathered to see what the commotion was about. Gare the hobgoblin throws the two brothers to the floor before the gathered crew. A much younger Scram falls to the floor, crying out. We're inside again, but not in a ship. The robed man who threw Scram stands in the doorway of a black, porous room. Scram looks to be about six years old here. You can't leave the room without your mom, kid. The door slams, and Chase runs over to comfort his younger brother. Tears run down his face as he stands back up, making to go back to the door. Chase stops him, though, and stands in front of him, so they're face to face. Stop. Mom will be back, I promise. She told me to keep you safe. Twelve-year-old Scram wipes the tears from his face, standing at the bottom of the stairs, in the hold of the Dice Be Damned, next to Chase. The two look exhausted, and sweat stains their clothes. Gare stands at the top of the stairs. That's one day repaid for the fairy dragon. Be up top at sunrise. Chase shoves Scram to the floor. It wasn't a hard shove, but it was all the strength Chase could muster, and Scram hadn't the strength to stay standing. After all the time I protected you, We'll probably never see Mom again! The black porous door opens, and Chase and six-year-old Scram turn to see their mother limp into the room. Scram's mouth tightens at seeing her in pain. Chase runs over and grabs her arm to help her walk. Mom? Eva says nothing as she limps past Scram toward the bed, likely not even aware of Chase speaking while helping her walk. When she reaches it, she turns around and sits down on the dirty mattress. With memories of horror behind her eyes, she takes one shaky breath while staring at the floor. Scram and Chase watch with sad eyes while their mother tries to compose herself. Finally, a weak smile blooms from her face, and she looks at her sons. I have good news. I've convinced the church to let us live back home in Hell Harbor. We'll still need to return here sometimes, but we can go home. Chase blinks in disbelief. What? I said you can go home. Gare stands before 12-year-old Scram and his brother. Your debt is repaid. You can stay on as proper crew if you like, or you can go home. It's your choice. The scene cuts, and the Dice Be Damned is pulled up to appear in Hell Harbor. Chase is halfway down the gangplank, looking back up at Scram at the ship's railing. Don't come home, Scram. Mom loves you too much to say it, but you're a burden on both of us. Just stay there, where you can't cause any more trouble. Scram closes his eyes in disbelief. When he opens them, we see older Scram standing at the ship's railing looking down at the three heads of Gargalavo, while ambient electrical energy lights up the nighttime scene. The middle head speaks, I will repay you. 
with one task. Name it. An idea forms behind Scram's eyes. He squares his shoulders and looks one of Gargalabo's heads in the eye. You swim for the Mascador now. A bolt of electricity slices up and singes the railing next to Scram, causing him to jump back in surprise. The right head speaks. I admire your ambition, Scram and Nakra, but you will choose another task, or I will indeed swim with your ship as it sinks to the ocean floor. Scram shakily returns to the railing. You said... You wouldn't attack the shackles if I released you, right? The left head speaks. You have my word, but I will consume this world before I ally myself to the likes of a mortal man. Another arc of electricity slices up near Scram's head to punctuate the shark's statement. Scram stumbles backwards again, but his mother catches him, holding six-year-old Scram in a tight embrace with his brother. She's kneeling on the floor on the black, porous room, with her sons hugging on her. My little captain, and my little skipper. She kisses each of them gently on the forehead. When she pulls away from Scram, we remain focused on a close-up of Scram's eyes. One day, a magical ship will take us far away from here. A ship that can sail itself, and we can go anywhere we want in the whole world. Scram closes his eyes to the blissful thought. When he opens them, we see the worldly eyes of older Scram. We're back on the deck of the Mascador, where Gargolava waits, not so patiently, for Scram's request. Find my mother, Eva Anakra. She's involved with the occult of Dagon, here in the shackles. Gargolavo's three heads glare up at Scram for a moment, before dipping back into the water. The massive shark sinks below the waves, and the forest of thick red tentacles coil along the surface, before disappearing with one last flash of lightning, leaving Scram alone on the dark deck of the Mascador. And Devoth is back in the captain's cabin. Devoth, I'm scared. Look at my hands. Look at my life. I've... I'm only 16, and I've... I don't know what I am. I don't know where to go. I don't know who to turn to. Everyone that I've ever been with has left me, and it was always to... It was always because of my sacrifices, always because of something that I've done... And I, please just don't leave me. If if you want me off the ship, I'll be off the ship. But know that Captain Avamar Sornash has granted me a possibility of being a captain. Uh, he was impressed by my abilities as a siege engineer. But I I don't want I don't want you to leave me. You please don't leave me. What does Devoth do? Devoth is going to be pretty quiet for quite a bit he's obviously just trying to to take this in and in what is something fairly rare for him he's trying to compose his thoughts before answering so devoth just kind of like looks at scram and there's again something that you're not used to seeing you you see almost like pity and empathy in devoth's eyes you did all that for your mother huh i i only thought of her last second Everything else was to show you that I I put you guys before my mother, before anyone else, but it just doesn't always spin out that way. Well, I'm going to tell you something that I haven't told anyone else yet. I recently found out that my mother is dead. And on top of that, I found out 
I apparently have a sister, a half-sister. And on top of that, apparently my half-sister is the one that killed my mother. So it's been a rough, uh, it's been a rough week. So I understand, I understand the desire to want to keep your mother safe. That's why I left home in the first place. But you have to understand that what you did, this ship is supposed to be a family. I know you feel that way because otherwise you wouldn't have shown me that. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be here trying to explain it to me. But it doesn't change the fact that you also betrayed this family by doing that. I'm not going to kick you off my ship, Scram. But it's going to take some time before you can earn my trust back. I don't take betrayal lightly. And this was a big one. I'll give you whatever time that you might need. Um, you know, I'm here for for us. I have no more secrets. You've seen my past. And uh, obviously you've seen my present kind of like looking down at my hands. Yeah. Yeah, I... I mean, I can't say I understand it, because it's kind of freaky, no lie. You're going to have to earn your trust back. Understood. And with that, you know, I, uh, I dimension door back over to the other ship. Okay. Cool. Tom, take a hero point. Oh, nice! <laughs> Let's go! Alright, so, uh, on the, uh, on the Mascador continues, uh, unless anybody had anything else they wanted to do on this trip back to Sharksbane. No, um, just as an aside, Devoth would be very uncharacteristically withdrawn on this uh, trip back to Sharkbane Island. So you return to Sharkbane, you unload your uh, your crew, and do you stick around for anything, or do you just take back off and head to Hell Harbor? Once we get back to Sharkbane, we'll unload everyone, kind of like, and we can spend like the rest of that day kind of divvying them up among the four ships and kind of giving them a quick tour of the fort and everything. And then we, you know, stay the night at our island before heading off to Hell Harbor. All right. So you guys, you spend the night at Sharksbane and you take uh, another two day trip to Hell Harbor from there. Okay. All right. So you get to Hell Harbor and it's early evening. Uh, what do you do? Uh, I say we go attend a show. Okay, so you uh, you find the theater of corruption, and it's uh, it's pretty packed. It's this little you know, dockside tavern, like Aaron X said, repurposed for uh, being a theater. Up here, you see a stage that has a rather vicious-looking human man uh, with like a, like a scab encrusted beard, and he is grappling with what looks like some sort of devil. Uh, you guys can make a knowledge planes check. Twelve. Ah, eight, natural one. Dang. Twenty-seven. Okay, so Leon would recognize this as a barbed devil. Scram got Did twenty-six. You... Uh, so I'll paint the full picture for you, I guess, before uh, going to these knowledge rolls. So you've got this this man with this filthy scab-encrusted beard, and he's, like, wrestling this devil that is just covered in these really sharp pointy barbs and even as you watch the man who's wrestling the devil is like just cutting himself open on the barbs of this devil and just adding to the filth on his beard but he's like passionately like going at this devil and a little closer to you not quite on the stage but kind of walking around the tavern sort of like working the crowd uh is this pale-skinned woman with a rapier at her uh, waist. 
and she is kind of like Bugs Bunny opera style, <laughs> just like adding adding like a soundtrack to the uh, to the fight on stage and going like, oh, and like just like doing like that kind of singing, and all these chairs are like filled with people. Like there's a couple there's a couple empty seats if you guys want to you know find places to sit. Yeah, so it's it's pretty crowded. There's a there's a bar in the uh, in the southeast corner of the tavern. <laughs> I see Cheryl just <laughs> beeline to that as soon as I pointed it out. Yeah, Devos going to. Okay, All right. So uh, we just have Ivan and Scram who have yet to move. Well, beyond Scram the isn't allowed in the tavern. He's oh, too that's young, true. So. Scram's got to <laughs> wait outside. <laughs> I guess Scram will take his seat. As you walk to the bar and or take your seat at a nearby table, you'll see uh, doors all along the north and western sides of the main room. And you you would have recognized just from like walking on the outside that these all lead to tavern rooms uh, like with like beds and stuff. So, yeah, you're uh, you, you might be focusing more on ordering your drinks or talking with nearby people. But this this opera is. Uh, continuing and the language is unless anybody here speaks infernal uh, not a language that you understand it's like going to an actual opera right 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 I speak infernal okay so uh, so Leon would would understand I'm a little surprised Scram doesn't speak infernal actually I only know three. Oh, and one of them's Aquaman and one of them's infernal <laughs> oh one of them is infernal oh my god <laughs> <laughs> fucking jackpot <laughs> Oh man, I could have every every session he's learning lessons. Yes! <laughs> yes! Backstory's gone. His name he's gonna forget. I could have said they're speaking some weird language unless anyone here understands common, and Joe would have been like, No, I don't think I know that one. <laughs> it's, it's funny, I, I walk in and I hear that opera, assume I don't understand it, get my beer, sit down, actually listen, be like, Holy shit. I know what they're saying. <laughs> Yeah, Leon. <laughs> Cheryl's like, this plot's stupid. And someone's like, wait, I thought you couldn't understand it. And he's like, what? What? <laughs> uh, okay, so those of you who can understand Infernal, after you've taken in a little bit of it, you you get the gist that it's a disturbing, a disturbing operatic comedy featuring uh, dark fiends like the barbed devil that you walked in on as protagonists. And mortal antagonists who embroil themselves in sins and deviltry. Uh, so it's almost like the uh, the mortals are like, I'm going to commit adultery. And the devils are like, don't commit adultery. I'll need to come get you and give you a hilarious and ironic punishment for adultery. He's like, I'm going to do it. Yeah. <sighs> All right, come here. <laughs> and so like that's in, in a much more theatrical and well thought out uh, sense. That is the... Uh, that's the gist of the opera that you're currently watching slash listening to. I love it. It's so raw. <laughs> yes. Really captures the, you know, whatever. So the the Barb Devil, uh, shortly after you walk in, like he is, he's slain and kind of like vanishes. The man with the, with the scab encrusted beard uh, continues to uh, pontificate about the, the sinister sins that he is committing. And the the audience, whether or not Leon and Cheryl are into it, the audience is uh, very much enjoying this this play. You get the idea that 
from the the cultural expectations of Hell Harbor, this is a a very good play. Are you guys doing anything besides just listening in? Well, did we come here with a mission? Uh, Devoth did brief us on all this, or we're just coming to the bar for hangs, or what, yeah, what is I'd... our like operative right now? Yeah, I did let you guys know that we're here to basically this this like theater troupe has been uh, supposedly slandering the name of Aaron Axendemian and like you know ins- insinuating that he's the Chelish spy or a Chelish spy, and right. he has offered us the help of some of his ships against against Harrigan if we you know eliminate this slanderous group of performers. I see, I see. So if I just fireball right now... Well, no, because this is now packed with innocent people, and he did make it fairly clear that he doesn't want his citizens harmed. Uh, oh, okay, got it. Because I made that exact point. I was like, oh, so I can just go burn the place down, right? And he's like, well, I mean, I guess you could, but don't hurt any of my damn people. (laughs) So chain lightning is a better response. Yeah, a precision spell, like chain lightning. Yeah, chain. I could pick and choose who I want. Yeah, well, I mean, there's also the idea that we know of two people in this room that work here, and as far as we know, neither of them could be the one who's actually in charge. So maybe not the best option to open with the chain lightning. Oh, okay, <laughs> I'll wait. All right. So what are you? What are you guys doing? Uh, first, do my little peepers peep any uh, magic? A lot. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Looks like there's five magical auras coming from the bearded guy on the stage. Looks like there's four auras coming from the lady who's singing. And give me a perception check. Uh, 23. You can just faintly make out uh, the glow of a magical aura coming from uh, the back room back here behind the bar. The doors open a crack and... You can just kind of see the ambient glow of at least one magical aura coming from back there. All right. Uh, do you want me to roll for um, spellcraft? I want you to give me one spellcraft check per aura cluster. Okay. Uh, 40 for the first cluster. Okay. So on the singing lady, uh, you see a couple magical potions, uh, a metamagic rod, and... She herself is emitting an aura of illusion. Give me another one. 39. On the bearded man, you see two magical potions, a magical amulet, magical bracers, and a magical ring. 22. You're picking up a couple different auras coming from back there, but the one that stands out the most is an aura of conjuration magic. And you identify it as a summon monster spell. So th- this this may initially alarm you, but like right when the aura vanishes, a- another devil pops up on the stage and begins contributing to the to the opera. And the bearded man continues to refuse to repent for his sins and clashes with that devil as well. All right, uh, is that it? Or yes. Okay. Now, can anyone uh, walk behind the bar, or is it just staff? You've got a pretty good feeling that it's just staff behind the bar. <laughs> okay, so if I, like, cast Vanish and start heading over there? Hey, you do you, Scram. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to leave it for now. 
bear in mind that like again casting a spell in public even one that makes you invisible is still a bit of a spectacle so like people are going to see you casting a spell and then disappear and be like what the fuck is he doing very true so devoth would kind of like lean over to leon and be like the hell's going on with this play i can't understand a word they're saying Kill the wabbit, kill the wabbit. <laughs> uh, it's a play about devils. I mean, I'm speaking infernal. I mean, I kind of got that by the devil on stage, but like, what the hell's going on? Well, it looks like it's a play where the devils play the hero, or at least the protagonist, and the antagonists are usually the humans. It seems to be a theatrical riff on their versions of punishment. Hmm. Any corollary you could see to uh, anybody in real life? Oh, on sorry, on more than one occasion, the uh, the bearded man is referred to as uh, Aranax and Demian. Oh, all right, <laughs> no way. BT Dubs. So like, uh, they're not even also, being uh, they're not even being subtle about it. Like this is Aranax. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, that come to rape your wife. Oh, well, that uh, that confirms a few things, I guess. Yeah, he's totally a Cheliac spy. All right, well, uh, it's pretty crowded in here. Why don't we? See if we can go have a look around without being noticed, huh? I turned to Ivan, like, you want to do your thing? Not sure that's going to work, because I always thought a mouse was, like, small size, not medium size. Well, you're tiny. You're, like, the size of a cat, which is still very big for a mouse, but in a crowded room, sticking to shadows and whatnot, you could probably... A, a cat-sized rat in a crowded bar is about as noticeable as a cat-sized cat in a crowded bar. But I was almost thinking, too, like, just, you know, take a walk over to, like... Well, these are, are these like doorways here that lead to like the back hallways? Uh, yes. You could just sneak over to one of those doors, go through the door, and then go mouse, and then go explore. Nah, I'm all right. <laughs> I'm good. All right, then. There's no mission. You're like, these people are spreading rumors. Go sneak around. But the people that are spreading the rumors are like right in front of us. Yeah, well, it's one of them is me. We're supposed to be looking <laughs> for evidence that proves that these guys are working to slander Aranax and that the rumors are you baseless. You just saw it. Well, we have there, some confirmation. Yeah, we're like obviously they're slandering him or like they're spreading rumors that he's bad like a bad guy or working for the Chalish, working with devils. But the idea is we're supposed to find evidence that they're being like paid to do that. They're not just It's not dissenters. just a play that so happens to be uh Yeah. <laughs> unluckily named uh the main character. I mean, I guess I can look around the back for the note that says payment of 300 gold from Cheliac spies. Good job. <laughs> Keep it up, boys. Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad idea. I mean, Devoth will take a walk back there, too. Like, he'll he'll just, like, casually walk his way over there and try to go through the door. The door's not locked. Okay. Devoth goes I'll keep, in. Uh, I'll keep guard outside. Alright, so you walk in and you're in a uh, you're in a hallway. You walk forward and you get to a three-way intersection. You go left or right. And on both sides is more hallway. And you can see doors on either sides of the hallway. All right. Uh, Ivan, did you come with me or are you just hanging out? Yeah, if we can just walk in the back. Just go walk. All right. So I'll point Ivan south to check out those couple of rooms. And Devoth will start working north, checking this first one out right here. Okay. Uh, listening. Uh, well, Devoth at least is going to listen at the door first to see if he hears anything inside. Okay, give me a perception check. Uh, that's a 31. Okay. Uh, you don't hear anything from the other side of the room. Even if you had shut the door to the hallway behind you, 
the the play going on in the rest of the bar and the subsequent uh noises from either the the fights going on or the reactions of the audience uh are definitely a factor in oh, i'm sure your ability to hear on the other side of the store but you're pretty confident with a 31 that you know there's at least nobody on the other side talking all right so we'll you know check the door to see if it's open and if it is you slowly open it to peek inside you jiggle the handle and it is locked then i will move on to the next one and come back okay uh so ivan which room are you trying first the one on your right or the one on your left uh let's go left first so you try the one on your left and the door is locked the one on the right it is not locked you open it up and you see a twin-sized bed a pretty beat up looking chest that looks like it might be for whatever belongings uh the patron might put in in there for safekeeping while he's staying there and not much else the room does not appear to be occupied either by somebody currently being in there or like you don't see anybody's stuff in there it looks like it's just an empty room is the chest open and empty or just shut yes it is it is open and empty uh nothing Looks unusual. Just looks like an empty room waiting for someone to book it. Yes. Alrighty. Then uh, I guess I'd start heading down the hallway towards Devoth. Alright. So Devoth, you get to the next door and you try opening it and it is locked. Okay. And I'll continue up. Check out the last two rooms up north. Okay. The one on your left is locked. The one on your right is unlocked. You open it up and it looks pretty similar to what Ivan found in his unlocked door. Okay. Judging by the the sound coming through the doors and stuff, if I was to try and just kick in one of these doors, like, do I think it would be muffled enough to not be noticed out in the main room, or would this be like, <laughs> people would immediately come running? Uh, you think that if you were to time it with, like, either audience laughter or... Uh, is, is something particularly loud going on on stage or the singing lady hitting like a really high note, it would probably be muffled, assuming all the doors to the hallway were closed. I think we will just leave this alone for now and we can come back at a later time to check those out. I don't want to cause too much damage and tip our hand too early. Okay. We'll head back out into the common room and keep an eye out, watch the rest of the play. Okay. So you get back and uh, give me a perception check. 24. Ivan? 28. Okay. Devoth doesn't notice this, but Ivan, when you two are walking back out of the hallway, you do see for a moment the lady who is singing. You notice that her eyes dart away from you, like the second you emerge from the back hallway. And you get the feeling that she was acutely aware of you being in the back hallway. Not necessarily that... She knew what you were up to, or even if that was supposed to be off limits or not, but you got the feeling that she was keeping tabs on you while you were back there. And like, as like her, her eyes dart away and like, she's like still like, she's like mid note when this is happening and she just goes right back to her uh, singing. Okay. So you guys stay there for the rest of the performance. And does anybody have anything else they want to do before it ends? I, knowing how uh, the spell functions, I would like to count how long they last for, uh, just so that way I could get a very clear... An idea of how powerful yeah. a caster we're dealing with. 
Exactly. Sure. That's a good idea. Give me a perception check. Uh, 19. Okay. The summoned creatures are lasting for about a minute. Sometimes they get dealt with or otherwise exit the story uh, with less time than that, but about a minute is your general count. With a 19, you don't have a precise second count. Is it 54 seconds? Is it exactly 60 seconds? Is it 66 seconds? You're not sure. Okay. All right. Well, there's that. Well, with that, what what level summon monster is this? Uh, right now it's a uh. Well, give me give me a spellcraft check. Thirty nine. Okay, so you know right right now the devils that are dealing with the bearded man are pretty low tier devils. Hold on a second. So you initially saw a uh, barbed devil. So you know that barbed devils can be summoned with a summon monster eight spell. Ooh, okay. So that's a potent spellcaster. Yeah. Any other inquiries or actions? Yeah, nothing from Devoth. Okay, so you guys wait for the uh, the play to end, and eventually it comes with the the bearded man's comeuppance, and. He's overwhelmed by a uh, a small army of imps to tremendous applause from the audience. So okay. Do do? I'd like to just kind of keep hanging out at the bar. Like, Devoth wants to maybe just try and hang out and let let the crowds filter out before doing something potentially destructive. Okay. So a good a good amount of the crowds have left, but there's a quite a lot lingering uh just kind of meeting the performers shaking hands uh having discussions uh how long are you willing to wait i mean i got nowhere else to be okay so it's almost been an hour of like meet and greets i'm definitely getting an autograph okay uh what have you guys been doing for this are you just like sitting at the bar uh yeah i mean i would try to signal to the group to try and like nurse your drinks as much as you can like keep drinking make it look like we belong here but don't get sloshed because we're still on a job i imagine cheryl's still just getting pissed drunk oh yeah for sure cheryl parties okay so it takes a while but eventually you hear the last the people there to to meet the the actors are bidding them farewell and the the woman who is singing turns to the group and she says, Well, thanks for coming tonight. We're closing up shop. You can see us again tomorrow at 11 o'clock in the morning. Has everyone else pretty much like filtered out by now? Yeah, like I, as she's saying this, the, the last of the people are uh, heading towards the door. Okay. Devoth will just kind of like continue to sit at the bar like holding his drink and he'll almost like make a show of finishing it as like the last of the other patrons are leaving okay yeah he'll just kind of continue to sit there and see <laughs> see who approaches one of the things i wanted to do while the play was going on uh was just be like gauging the crowd's reaction like is the crowd during the play being like yeah fuck aaron x x rule <laughs> or, or are they you know more like i don't understand this story but i love opera they're not so much like openly going, yeah, fuck Aaron X, but they are, they're they're laughing quite a bit at his expense, 
with the comedic timing of his shortcomings in the play. Gotcha. Okay. So the the play is definitely winning the crowd over at the expense of Aranax. Yeah. And it's it, a safe that's a safe bet. Him being pissed off at this is making sense. It's not like uh, you know, go, go quell that play and then you go and it's just like a school <laughs> play. <laughs> and you're like you're like, "Uh, what? What's going on here?" All right. All right. Yeah. All right. So, if you guys don't react to the woman's last call announcement, uh, the bearded man is going to start making his way over to you. He gets up near the bar and he says, Hey, didn't you hear? It's the last call. Get out of the tavern. You can come back tomorrow. I will set down my, my mug or, and turn to him. Do you know who I am, sir? He, he looks extremely flustered and also like kind of pumped up. They are deflecting his, uh, his orders to get out like like really pissed off that you're not taking him seriously, but also kind of excited that he might get to beat somebody up. <laughs> and, uh, and so he so, doesn't know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> so so he's like like his hands are like 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 squeezing like getting real like like his chest is puffed up and he doesn't look like he has an answer for you. But the uh, the woman uh, says from the other side of the stage, she says, "Your pirate lord Devoth." Song Cleaver, it's an honor to have someone of such prestige at our little opera house. I just kind of like tip my hat to her. It's like the very same. It's a very interesting play you guys put on here. And I'm Cheryl. She says, "Well, uh, we we try. It is a pleasure to bring to bring laughter to the to the people of the the great city of Hell Harbor." the The bearded man is like. He's kind of like sending glances at her, almost like maybe he's like waiting for her to be like sick him, and he's just like, <laughs> like he's like got his teeth buried. He's like, mm. <laughs> did we find Owlbear's dad? Oh, <laughs> but yeah. It's like I'm a fan of comedy in most forms, but uh, I was wondering if I could speak to her to your uh, your your troop leader. I really like what you're doing here, and I'd. Uh, I'd like to talk to him about this. Robloff. Uh, that's a 27. She says, oh, it would be an honor for you to meet with our troop leader. Sadly, he's been out on the town all day. I believe he will be uh, arriving with us early next morning. Uh, if uh, you wouldn't mind waiting, I'd be glad to to tell him that the great pirate lord Devoth uh, wishes... An audience with him. Well, what about the uh, the spellcaster in the room over there? The guy who was bringing out the devils. Who's he? Her her smile falters a little bit, and she says, "She is in charge of our special effects. We refer to her as Lady Nightshade. She does not enjoy public appearances. I tell her time and again, uh, it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's who you are. But I suppose vanity runs in us all." Um, can I do a knowledge check on the name? See if I recognize it? Sure. Give me, uh, knowledge local. That's a nat 20 for a 26. With a 26, you never really heard of anyone named Lady Nightshade. Uh, so either she's using a fake name or she just doesn't really have a public... Uh, Profile? Yeah. All right. Well, in response to saying, like, she doesn't make public appearances, like... I don't see any public here. It's just us. I'll call out, Lady Nightshade, come on out. 
the singing woman uh there, there there's like a there's like a beat of time uh where she like doesn't really react and then she gives she gives you a, a gracious smile and an, a small bob of the head and uh she says it's all right lady nightshade uh to den- to deny pirate lord devoth an audience uh would be very rude indeed so you look at the doors and uh they open and out comes a a rather pale woman. In fact, once you get a good look at her, it appears like her skin is actually translucent and she resembles a human skeleton wrapped in uh, see-through skin. You can you can see her skull and her, her spinal cord. Uh, is she human? You guys can give me a knowledge planes check. 20. 13 for Devoth. 31 for Scram. 38. Oh. Wow. So Cheryl, Leon, and... Scram, you know this to be a tiefling. Uh, tieflings are usually the offspring of humans or some other more common mortal race, but they have a some sort of demonic or infernal lineage somewhere back in their in their histories, and this this infernal blood manifests in a certain way, and they're uh, effectively uh, a, a human with uh, an, an evil plane uh, infused in their in their blood. Leon and Scram specifically know that this is a daemon spawn tiefling. Uh, that's uh, what the see-through skin is all about. Uh, so you, devils are like lawful evil, demons are chaotic evil, daemons are neutral evil. Alright, so what are we going to do? So, beat, her, beat her up? So she so she walks out and uh she seems a little so, uh self-conscious but she t- she turns to uh to Devoth and she gives him a uh a small bow and says it's great to meet your acquaintance Lord Devoth. I'll give her a, a tip of the hat. It's an honor to meet you Lady Nightshade. That's uh that was quite the performance you put on there. Those were no no easy things to bring out, I'm sure. She smiles and says I like to let my work speak for itself. I nod along like I understand. Uh, Scram wanders over. Lady Nightshade, that was uh, that was very impressive. You're able to go all the way up to Barb Demons. So Scram, you're you you get out of your chair and you and you walk up to like where the the, the back of the bar begins and uh, the the bearded guy. He kind of looks like he kind of like forgot. Like he's just like standing idly, and then he sees Scram approaching from like out of the corner of his eyes, and he's like, and he like gets back into about to pounce mode. Lady Nightshade says, "Well, uh, n- not all of them were uh, summoned in the uh, traditional sense. Some are more long-term acquisitions." What? Give me a spellcraft check. Oh, okay. Almost like she made a contract with them or something. Uh, twenty-nine. Without more information, you can't be positive, but you think she's describing a planar binding spell. Uh, so planar binding is broad strokes, pretty close to a summon monster spell, but the duration is uh, measured in days. You can call much more powerful uh, outsiders than a summon monster spell of the same level, but it is much more risky and costly to do so. Uh, so you know that a barbed devil would be able to be called with a planar binding spell, which is a sixth level spell. 
So may- maybe that was one of them that got called with a planar binding spell. She didn't specify. Barb Devil was easily the most powerful of the devils that you saw tonight. So uh, there you go. Sweet. What's your largest thing that you can summon? She kind of like narrows her eyes at you and with a sneer says, I'm sorry, but I'm not exchanging spellbook notes tonight. Oh, spellbook. Got it. She goes, damn it. <laughs> The, the the woman who is singing, she clears her throat, takes a step forward, and says, uh, I'm, I'm terribly sorry, Lord Devoth. I, I don't mean to be rude, but if you have no more business with us, uh, I must ask you to leave so that we might rest for tomorrow's performances. We put on these shows all day, you see, and it becomes quite taxing. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. Uh, I just have, uh, I guess, another question here. Um, so who's paying you to, uh, to put on this play? Why, the people of Chaliux, of course. The capitalist system speaks for itself, I think. Uh, we make quite the uh, ample gold pieces every night to uh, put on these shows. So we, d- we do quite well for ourselves. I beg your pardon, but nobody is, uh, nobody's paying us for this. We do it because we love the theater. All right, well, then let me rephrase it. Where, I mean, you're not being very subtle about it, about the uh, emotion to the guy snarling nearby. This guy's obviously supposed to be pirate lord. Aranax and Demian up on stage there, but uh, why the obvious slander against him? The you, you motion to the bearded guy, and like a little bit of uh, like snarling drool kind of drips down into the the scab beard. As she says, "Well, I I think it's quite obvious that he may have brought the lovely culture of Chelyx here to the shackles, but I think it's clear to to anyone who followed his who's followed his political career that he is a poor leader." And uh, I think quite possibly uh, a traitor to uh, our very nation. Yeah, see, there are, I mean, yes, those are some very serious accusations. And I've made those myself. Maybe not against Aranax himself, but I've done my fair share of rooting out Chalice spies. I would just, I'd love to know where you're getting your information from. As I said before, it's clear to anyone who pays attention to the politics of the Shackles. See, I don't know, it's, it's just, it's tough, because obviously you know who I am. I'm rather in tune with the politics of the shackles, as you put it. And uh, I happen to have met Aranax and Demian on several occasions. And uh, whether or not he's a good leader, is, is not for me to judge. But uh, as for being a Chalish spy, I feel like if that was the case, someone in his position would have to be exceedingly stupid to try and work as a spy while still running this city and Devoth kind of like just holds his hands out in motions like all around him even though we're in a building like obviously like the whole culture is built around Chelyax. She gives you a wide smile and says then we're in agreement. Yeah I don't think so. Well I'm sorry to hear that our performances are not to your liking. You will find that we are well within our legal right to put these shows on. Yeah that's the funny thing about legal rights. I have more of them than you do. Oh, here it comes. What are you saying, Captain Devoth? Are you telling us that we can no longer perform our plays? I'm telling you, you should probably tell me who's actually paying you to do this, who's been spreading the information, and I'm telling you it would probably be a good idea for you to scramble off back to Chelyax where you belong, or else some more drastic measures may have to be taken. She nods her head, and she uh, she looks at the bearded man, and she looks back at Devoth. 
uh, takes a deep breath and goes, sick him. So right at that moment, we're going to roll initiative as the bearded man begins to charge and the door on the west side slams open as the barbed devil enters also about to attack. And we'll roll initiative next week. Oh, no. I stay out of trouble one more week, baby. (laughs) (laughs) See ya. See ya. See ya.